Tēnā koutou katoa, kei te whakarongo mai nā ki te reo irirangi o Aotearoa, me te moana nuia kiwa. This is Pacific Waves. Kia ora nā, ko Lydia Lewis teia. Akarongo mai. Coming up. Winning most votes across the territory. Tavini Huira Tira are on top in the first round of elections in French Polynesia. Also, Fiji moves into an era of change. Fiji prepares for its first ever national economic summit. And later on, to achieve it, we need to work every day. We sit down with football legend Christian Karembu, who is in New Zealand to support the next generation of Pacific football stars. French Polynesia's pro-independence Tavini Huira Tira Party has come out on top in the first round of the territorial elections. The party, led by Oscar Temaru, won almost 35% of the votes, beating the ruling Tapura Huira Tira Party of Eduardo Fritsch, which obtained 30%. RNZ Pacific senior journalist Walter Zweifel has been following developments. He spoke with RNZ Pacific editor Kuroi Hawkins about the election results. Well, French Polynesia had the first round of two rounds of the territorial election, an election every five years to choose 57 members of the territorial assembly. Uh, the Tavini Huratira party of Oscar Temaru, the veteran pro independence leader, came out on top, surprisingly, winning most votes across the territory. Uh, it won just over 34% of those cast, and that is about 4% more than what was obtained by the ruling Tapura Huiratira party led by Eduard Fritsch. Uh, a third party made more than 12.5% of the votes, and that is the newly formed Ahere Iapolinitia party. 12.5% are required to make it to the second round. So with these results, we have three parties going into the runoff in two weeks. Interesting here is that uh, the former Tahoeira party, which was the party formed by Gaston Floss, which has now been renamed Amuitaria or Te Nuna Maui, that party has failed to make the cutoff and for the first time since it was formed and since autonomy was granted to French Polynesia in the 1980s, the Taoira or the party by Gonstoflos will no longer be in the territorial assembly. Uh, there were three other lists that contested the first round and they fell well short of uh, the 12.5% to make it through. You mentioned one um, upset there. Any other surprises? The big surprise is, of course, that uh, the Tavini Huiratira came out on top. This is uh, something totally new. Uh, there were no opinion polls leading up to this election, or at least nothing that was considered to be reliable. So it is in many ways a success for of the Tavini party to be number one at the moment. But we have to keep in mind that the rival side, the so-called autonomy side or anti-independent side, was badly split into different parties as a result of the factions that were formed after the decline of the Tahoeira a decade ago. So the Tapura is a follow-up party from that breakup of the Tahoeira. So we can also say that the point that is made by uh, um, Edward Fritsch, that the autonomy side still has a majority, is in a way true. However, 
uh, we can also say that uh, many of these new parties that emerged in the, as a result of the breakup of the Tahira have now also turned against the Tapura party. So it's an anti-government sentiment to some extent. Uh, a surprise in these election results is also that the Tavini, for the first time ever, came out first in places like Papeete, also in Mahina, which is another big sort of suburb uh, of Papeete, and the Punavia. These are places where traditionally the Tavini would never have had a chance of being first. The only place where they were dominant, and that is in Fa'a, which is the town uh, ruled by Mayor Oscar Temaro, uh, mayor. He's been mayor there for decades. This is her first round of voting. What happens next? There is a second round to come on the 30th of April, which will determine the, the outcome of the election. At stake are, as I said, 57 seats. But the interesting thing is that the electoral system in place in French Polynesia, introduced or reintroduced in 2011, is such that the party that wins or the list that wins most votes in the second round will get one third of all seats, that is 19 seats, as a bonus. Then the remaining 38 seats are divided up uh, in proportion to the votes that these three lists or parties get. This means that Whoever comes first or has most votes in the second round will have an absolute majority in the assembly. Uh, with the result that we have from the first round, there's every chance that the Tavini will emerge as the winner of this election and be able to form or have a majority in the assembly. And that, of course, will pave the way for the Tavini to elect a uh, president, something that will happen in May. Um, there is, uh, of course, the debate that there could be a, a sort of an anti-independence uh, coalition trying to stop uh, the Tavini from attaining a majority. Uh, it's difficult to predict how this will go, but there is every chance that the Tavini can emerge as the number one party and win the election outright for the first time since uh, back in 2004 when Oscar Temaro became the first so-called pro-independence president of French Polynesia. It's been just over 100 days since Fiji turned over a new page, voting in a new government after more than a decade under Frank Baini Marama. The coalition government now has the task of reflecting on and fulfilling its campaign promises. One of their promises was to hold the nation's first national economic summit. As RNZ Pacific journalist Rachel Nath reports, the aim of the two-day forum is to create a collective national vision. Charting a path towards economic recovery, a big vision dreamt up by the new government in an effort to rebuild the country's economic fortunes. Prime Minister Sitiveni Rambuka says the theme is reshaping the future through genuine dialogue and collaboration. As Fiji moves into an era of change, engaging with all segments of our society is essential to achieve the People's Coalition Government's overarching objectives of inclusive economic security, social justice, conscientious governance, political stability, inclusive participation in development, environmental sustainability. 
On that token, Fiji looks towards its people beyond home. Renowned human rights activist Shamima Ali, while extending the olive branch, says Fiji is in need of its community. What we need are people who have gone away, that are diaspora, to come back and help out and support because the government does need a lot of support. The people of Fiji need a lot of support. We have to straighten a lot of things out for a better, better state of living for everyone, a better life for everyone, and not just the the, the elite few. The government also throwing its support in by establishing the Investment Facilitation Committee, which is aimed at making business easy. Deputy Prime Minister Manoa Kamikamida says it is a step in the right direction. The, we believe this is an important、uh, milestone for Fiji, as it signals our commitment to promoting investment and economic growth. The、IFC will hopefully serve as a high-level, dedicated platform to address regulatory and、uh, administrative、uh, bottlenecks that are faced by investors. Fiji Business Network President Nick Naidu says the diaspora feels differently, stating that a long-term commitment to return home is not feasible, but rather a transfer of skills could be achievable. We want to mentor business people and. And workers there to up, upskill them or to transfer some of our knowledge to Fiji. And the other thing is, of course, direct investment into businesses. We are trying to create a database of people with、uh, skills, not necessarily money only, but skills who can maybe donate skills, so we can get the diaspora and those who have people in, say, in Aotearoa in New Zealand who want to go and you know give time in, in Fiji. Supporting this notion are Fijian academics who wish to explore the potential of brain sharing. Fiji Higher Education Commission Director Dr. Rohit Kishore says a legislation is being drafted with the aim to make Fiji a knowledge-based economy where skills can be transferred between nations. Let's let's talk about brain sharing to and fro from our side overseas and from overseas back. We want to find our education system in such a way that we are able to produce the skills and the knowledge that we want, good quality skills and the knowledge, educated people that we want, more enough, enough for us and also exports. All of this is expected to be discussed at the forum, which kicks off on Thursday local time. Former French football international and 1998 FIFA World Cup winner Christian Carembo is excited about the future of football in the Pacific. The New Caledonia-born Kanak is the only Pacific Islander to have won a World Cup. Vinal Fonua sat down with the champion, who was in Aotearoa to support players in the Pacific Under-15 Development Tournament. Could you describe your trip here? My trip is fundamental. <laughs> no, I think that、um, through the initiative of、uh, UEFA Assist and the、uh, OFC,、um, we, I, for me, it's always a privilege to come back to the region and to support this kind of initiative because our youth need this uh, uh, tournament uh, to be able uh, to know uh, uh, what they want to achieve, what is their purpose in the future, and I think that. This initiative、uh, gives them uh, uh, all the tools、uh, to behave in and out of the pitch. 
me as a kid i was playing barefoot today the kids you see they have everything they have the facility uh, they have uh, all the equipment uh, but also to have uh, advices rules respect and this is part of our initiative here and uh, what to tell them that to purchase their dream and that uh, to achieve the dream you need to work every day uh, to be better uh, to know about your weakness to know about your strength and to focus on that goal and of course in your pathway there is your opponent there is your coach there is your family how to make this environment very good for your well-being in a higher level so sure that tomorrow salomon fiji uh, new caledonia tahiti can compete with new zealand because still you can see all the tournament we are close to qualify uh, now you can see that our young from new caledonia for example u17 they are qualified for the next world cup and knowing that again next and the days we're going to have a beautiful event here the world cup for the female football and i think that uh, uh, they're going to be a great impact in that in our region through through this event but also for the next two years we will have a pro league here i think that it's a dream come true for our region that uh, finally our kids will have a league professional league where they can dream to be part of it and after that they can go they can achieve another dream another career for example in europe could you describe what it was like getting into like the moment you got a professional contract yeah. and coming from a new caledonia yeah it must have been very emotional yeah for me it's a long long journey if i may say that because a beautiful pathway 17 years old you don't know where you go when i was climbing the stairs to go to the airplane i was building myself building myself say okay i'm going there to succeed i don't come back with a failure this is was me a child at 17 years old talking to myself and this is a, yesterday for example there was a session for mindset positive mindset talking also about yourself to be positive to yourself i have done this when i was 17 that yes i represent my community maybe heavy but okay it's a challenge i'm going there to succeed when i travel i was thinking ah oh, they scout they they shows on me because i'm the best and i arrived i wasn't in the, i wasn't the best i was one of the kids who can be a footballer i i know that i have the return ticket after 15 days i only know that or i succeed or i come back to my country so after 15 days they add 15 days more so after one month they they know that i adapt quickly to this environment and they said okay i think you're going to stay with us and for me it was a dream come true but also because when i saw that i was weak that i was uh, in not the same level as as the others with the same age i see something wrong how come these people but it's normal they were there two years before me so i needed to work more than them when they have the resting time i was working alone two or three hours more extra when i read cristiano ronaldo's uh, witnessing that he was working more i have done this for me it's not uh, a surprise that when you go to this level and you see that there is a gap between you 
and the others, we need to work hard to reduce the gap and after to overtake. And because we, we have strength, we are resilient, we can do better. We have great athletes in our region, but we need this kind of tools. We need this kind of experience or knowledges to say, ah, maybe when we talk about body, when we talk about mindset, we have all this, but the tool we don't have, the facility we don't have, the expertise we don't have. Maybe there, by connected with this, we will have one of the best athletes in the region and maybe in the world, because the All Blacks has already proven this, that we have great athletes in this region. Rugby has facilities, they have expertise, they have experience, they deliver. Football now needs, soccer needs to, to do the same. And that's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs or you can download us on Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. From myself and the team here at RNZ Pacific, kia manuia.